Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. So um, I'm very excited to be here again. Pastor Regal says that he's done spying on me. I've done spying on him, so I'm a bit intimidated. He's a, an amazing pastor. And if you guys could just give it up for him as a pastor. Um, the burden of the church is very heavy. We spend many sleepless nights thinking of you, praying for you, especially these last six, seven months, wondering, like, is anyone going to show up? What's the church going to look like? And, and so um, you guys have great pastors, an incredible ministry, and I'm excited to to, uh, be part of the family. So thank you for welcoming me today. So my name is Mark, and uh, my awesome wife, Leilani, is in the front row. And uh, I I love my family. I love talking about my family because it's through my family that I've learned uh, how to love. I've learned uh, how to forgive, right? You know, my wife is a great forgiver. (laughs) Um... And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited. So you guys are going to hear uh, stuff about me and my family and, and the work that God has been doing in our lives and the fun that we have. Um, and speaking of fun, I want to talk about something that's not so fun. Am I the only one that's tired of all this COVID stuff? Can I get an amen? Right. Um, and here's the crazy thing in Miami. We just kind of don't care. Right. We're just like the craziest people in the world. Um, as soon as the stay at home order was lifted, what happened? Everybody went crazy. Everybody went um, to the street. People went nuts. My wife and I actually, we just drove back from Disney uh, this morning. So we were in Disney since Thursday. And uh, I love you guys so much that I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning uh, to be here. (laughs) And we drove back from... uh, from the happiest place on earth with a mask on now. And, and here's what I, what I noticed when I was in Disney, that half of Miami was there. Because we're trying to offset our COVID numbers. So we're like, let's just go to Orlando and spread it over there. Right? So our numbers here in Miami can get a little bit better. Um, and no, just, just kidding. Poco a poco, I think things are, are getting better. At least that's my hope. Um, kids are back at school. Right? So things are getting back to normal. The traffic is starting to be horrible again. Um, and uh, my kids, uh, they're still home, which is good until I'm around them for countless hours. And I just kind of, man, we probably should have sent them back to school. This like school at home thing. Um, but here's the truth for me with all this madness going on. You know what I've really been struggling with? Probably something that you guys have been struggling with is how fast my kids are growing. Right? It's just crazy. Like, um, I, I actually just saw um, Zoe today, which is my friend Rodney's daughter. And it's like, last time I saw her, like, she had short hair. She wasn't really talking much. And she's grown so much. I saw another one. I saw Gianna, who's another one of our little kids. And I'm like, man, the kids have grown up so, so fast. And here's what I try to do, right? And, and maybe you're not doing this. It's like, take advantage of every single moment that you have with your kids, that you have with your parents. I think that's something that COVID has taught us is is what's essential, right? They even named it great, like what's essential and what's not essential. And immediately from one day to the next, we said goodbye to gym memberships, goodbye to the boat, goodbye to the beach, goodbye to the vacations. Oh, I I lost all this money on this trip that I was going to take, and I didn't take it because what was essential is the people in our home, our parents, our kids, right, our friends. And so let's not forget that. I think that's the greatest lesson that this pandemic has taught the world. And little by little, I think people are starting to forget about that. And, you know, we like doing things in the summer with our kids. And pretty much all we did was, like, go to the Keys, right, because it wasn't the, I think there was, like, three people that got COVID in the Keys or something like that. Um, and, uh, and so we went down to the Keys a lot. And some of the things that we did, people are like, oh, man, you guys are fancy. You went to the Keys. No, you know, we, like, park on the side of the road and uh, cause traffic jams, right? And we just jump in the water or fish. We got a saltwater fish tank. And, and everybody's like, saltwater fish tanks are so expensive. No, you could just go to the Keys and catch fish. So if you go to my house, I have snappers. I have ronquitos. You know all those ronquitos that people get mad when they catch them? We catch them and we just throw them in the fish tank in the house. And so we had an incredible summer. There's this other spot. All right, this is just so that you can, uh, you know, 
create memories with your family. There's this place that my wife loves. It's called Bahia Honda. Anybody ever been there? Bahia Honda State Park, right? It's kind of far, though. And so when you go there, you got to plan to be there, like, all day, right? Take breakfast, take lunch, take una cafetera cubana so you could, like, on the barbecue, make some Cuban coffee. And so after you've done most of the things you can do, you have a little bit of sunburn. I like to like get my kids to do crazy things, right? Like let's see how many marshmallows you can stuff in your mouth, right? And, and so um, then I'm like, man, we could, maybe we could, create, create a, we could create a viral video, right? And I tell my oldest son, Caleb, all right, get a Cheeto and put it in your mouth because they got these killer seagulls at Bayonda. These things aren't scared. Like one swiped a hot dog from my barbecue. And, uh, and so I told Caleb, just lay down on the, on the picnic bench Put a Cheeto on your mouth and let's see if the seagull can take it. And you know what happened? Let me, let me show you. We actually filmed it, all right? Check this out. Go. Get your hands out. Get your hands out. Just lay down, bro. Caleb, lay down. Lay down. Get your hands out. Get your hands out. Just lay down, bro. Caleb, lay down. Lay down. Caleb. Lay down, dude. I can't help. Let's lay down. Just lay down. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay. Close up and look up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. Just lay down. I'm gonna put a cup on your chest and they'll come down. Okay, okay. Lay down. Lay down. Let the chest. Look. Put your. Open your hands. Open your arms. Open your arms. <laughs> Open your eyes. Kiki, stop moving, stop moving. Kiki, stop moving, stop moving. I'm glad the video froze there because now my son has a glass eye. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Guys, my son Caleb was freaking out, all right? My wife, I, she had just gone snorkeling, so it was the perfect time to do this. Um, but check this out, all right? You know what Caleb taught all of us right now is that all of us have fears, right? All of us, Caleb saw that seagull as it took a hot dog a couple of minutes earlier. If it took a hot dog, it could like take a piece of me, right? All of us have fears. And maybe you're like, man, I would have loved to see a seagull take that thing out of his mouth. Or maybe for some of you, it's like, I'll never like, you know, jump out of a plane. Is anybody here? I'll never skydive. I'll never jump out of a plane or I'll never eat that. There's people that are scared of eating certain kinds of food and they only eat a la palomilla that abuelita made them and cut it up into tiny pieces, you know, and like you're like 60 years old, 50 years old, and you're still eating like the same food you ate when you were like five because you're, you're scared of trying anything that's not un platanito maduro, right? Some of us live lives and we're like, you know what? I'll never take a risk like that. Some of the moms in here said, you better not do that with our kids when I'm not around, right? That pastor is crazy. You know what? The Christian life is full of risks. The Christian life, the life that Jesus wants us to live is a life of faith. To say that I'm going to live a life of faith is saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to live a life that is characterized by taking risks in Jesus' name. And that's why today I've titled this message, You are worth the risk. And not just you, your family is worth the risk. The kingdom of God and the purpose that God has for your life is worth that risk that Jesus is asking you to take today. But before we jump into the message, I want to tell you what the Bible says about risk. There's a few things that, that we need to consider. The first thing is this, not all people consider themselves risk takers, all right? But anything outside of our comfort zone it's actually a risk, all right? Not all risk takers risk in the same way. There's people that they just take risks, like financial risks, or maybe they're, they, they invest money and, and they feel cool like that, but don't tell me to jump off a boat in the middle of the ocean and go snorkeling or scuba diving. I'm never going to take that kind of risk because there's people that take different kinds of risks. Not all risk takers will take the same risks. And here's the third thing, is that society has tried to eliminate Every risk. Society has tried to eliminate risk as part of everyday life. Today we indoctrinate our kids. Be careful. Don't do that. Right? If you grew up, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a Cuban home, and it may be the same for other Latin homes. As, te vas a sacar un ojo. You know, ten cuidado. Que te vas a caer. Te, you know, te vas a caer man. No, don't go in the water, you know, after you wake, because you're going to get a stomach ache. 
right? I don't know about you, but like how many people grew up knowing people that didn't have an eye? Yet my grandmother, you know, you'd walk by the fan. The fan will be on the other side of the room. Ten cuidado que te vas a sacar un dedo. And it's like, pero like the, the holes are this big. Like my hands don't fit in there. Like what's going on? Because I was one of those kids that liked going like, ah. Did any of you like doing that? Like go in front of the fan and be like, ah, you know, you taunt your siblings. I would say, Jenny, that was, that's my sister's name. And my grandma, tú estás loco, vas a coger pneumonia. It's like, we grow up, I hope people speak Spanish, if not, like translate, all right? Uh, so, uh, so here's the thing, and another, every time I speak Spanish, it's just us Latins, we're kind of crazy, right? We live in a society that makes every attempt possible to reduce risk, right, at every turn. And what we're doing is that we're raising up a society of people that aren't willing to do what it takes to, one, be successful in life. And the other thing, that's why so many people don't have faith in God, because it's a risk to believe in God. It's a risk to do what the Bible teaches us. And so what does that tell us? That that is a plan of the enemy to have a culture where risk is something that is not taught Risk is something that we're told to avoid. And so those of us that are raising kids, you know what? Raise brave children. Raise brave men and women. Treat your boys and your daughters as young adults. All right? Don't be talking to your 10-year-old. It's like, oh, you look good. You know? Let me, did you put the odor in on? Let me smell your armpits. Treat your boys as men and your girls as women, and this is totally sidetracked, but sometimes I, I see some of my friends and I'm like, dude, you're 30 years old and your mom still treats you like you're five. Oh, but I love it. I love it. I love when my mom. All right. Where would we be in life if we didn't take chances? Where would you be right now in your life if you didn't take chances? Would you drive cars? Would you fly on a plane? Would you start a business? Would you lead one of your, your groups or your hubs? Would you do that? Would you help the poor? Would you share your faith? That's a risk to share your faith, especially in the climate that we're living in. Would you start a new ministry? Would Pastor Rigo have left the comfort that he had to, to plant this church? He wouldn't have. I'm, 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 I'm one that's going to tell you. Would you follow Christ? You see, for some of us, the last risk that we took, and it wasn't even that risky, was when we decided to, to give our life to Jesus. And then after that, it's like we've been coasting and living on pause. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, Solomon encourages us to take risks. And he encourages us to do three things, three steps to taking risks. And the first one is this. It's real simple. It's just do it. Nike didn't come up with that, all right? That was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Just do it. Solomon said this, cast your bread upon the water, for, when you will, and for you will find after many days. Give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on earth. Another translation says this, send your grains overseas, for after many days you will get a return. Divide your merchandise among seven or even eight investments, for you do not know what calamity may happen on earth earth stop there somebody thinking like where's the risk in those verses i'm gonna break it down for you but before that i want i want you to write this down take risks and you will receive a return that's what solomon is writing about here and and you're probably thinking like what's this thing cast your bread upon the waters my dad used to tell me that all the time when i was a kid Tira tu sobre las aguas. and i was like okay like, what does that mean? And so you got to think about this is talking about maritime trade. All right. Solomon. All right. The Bible teaches that Solomon and the wealth that they had in Israel was in grain. They had a lot of grain. And there was other parts of the world that had other things that they would trade. And he would fill these boats with grain and send it over the seas. Did you read for three years? He would send it over the sea. He would send it out and then wait. By faith, believing that somehow these boats would return with a reward. That they would return with an investment. That they would return with riches. He actually would send these ships out with a guy named Hiram. 
And then they would come back, you know what, with gold, with silver, with ivory, with apes, with monkeys, with peacocks. All right, and we know, like history tells us, the time of Solomon, Israel saw some of its biggest riches and biggest wealths that Solomon was known all over the world for the things that he created, the buildings that he built because he took risks. First Chronicles 28 says this, be strong and courageous and do it, right? Be strong and courageous and do it. I love this quote by Wayne Gretzky. It says this. Do we have that slide? All right. This is Michael Scott quoting Wayne Gretzky. And he says, you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. 100% of the shots that you never take. So if you're playing it safe, you know what that means? That life is going to pass you by. So there's personal risks that we take. Those are the investments that we make in life, the actions that we take, the activities that we participate in. All right? They're done for personal gain. And there's also a reference to serving people. Did you know that serving people, it's a big risk? Right? Because sometimes people are what? Son malagradecidos. They're ungrateful. And the enemy will use that. You know that you're still blessed when they are ungrateful. Right? But the enemy will use that to discourage you, to get you off track, to keep you from possessing the land that the Lord has for you. Do you know that when God promised the promised land to the children of Israel, he didn't create it, right? It was already there. They just had to trust him and go to the land. But because of their lack of faith, what happens? They wandered and wandered for 40 years and a generation died because of their lack of faith, because of their disobedience. And many times in our life, because of our lack of faith, the promised land is already there. It's waiting for us, right? The Jordan River was there. The Red Sea was there. The Mediterranean Sea was there. The Sea of Galilee was already there. It was this beautiful oasis in the middle of a desert and it was created and it was given to them by God, yet they couldn't possess it because they couldn't believe. And instead of believing and trusting, they did what many of us are known for, complaining and whining and lacking faith. See, there's so much personal satisfaction when we serve others and, and we just give and give and love and serve. You know what happens? That we become selfless. And then when God speaks to us and God says, go there, we believe because we're emptying ourselves of ourself. And sometimes our biggest enemy, no, porque diablo me tiene cogido. No, it's you. You're allowing the devil to lie to you. You're allowing the devil to control you and dominate you. And by you, I mean me too. Right? I'm not perfect. So many times God has had that promise for me there and I haven't been able to possess it because I've been too busy praying. But I wasn't really praying. I was complaining to him. Hebrews 6.10 says this, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. See, risks are encouraged whether they are in our personal endeavors or more importantly in our action to other people and here's the thing God is going to bless you regardless of how that person reacts so you keep blessing you keep loving you keep being faithful and forget about the return that you're going to get from that person all right there's one thing I would get upset as a kid sometimes when I would serve or I would do something for someone or, or maybe I was, you know, doing something for my sisters when I was a kid and I would complain. And my, my father would tell me, don't worry about it because if you get your reward here, you're not going to get it in heaven. And if you don't get your reward here, you're going to get a big reward in heaven. And I, and I would tell him, Papi, entonces cuando yo llegue al cielo, I'm going to have a whole bunch of rewards because my sisters, they're not grateful for the things that I do for them. And he would just say, you know, ora, ora, mijo, ora. <laughs> hey, you know what's important, too, is to make smart decisions. I think a lot of times as Christians, we kind of, like, make decisions, and they're not smart decisions. And, and we're like, oh, I'm trusting God. And sometimes our life 
starts falling apart or our life turns into a mess. Our relationships start falling apart. And then we're, we're like, oh, no, I'm just trusting God. You know what? Wise decisions are blessed by God. And when you make wise decisions in your business, in your home, in your personal life with people, you're going to be blessed. And God's going to be able to bless you. But many times we ain't blessed by God because God is too busy fixing the mess that we've made. Our home is a mess. Our, our lives are a mess. And we're wondering why everyone else is blessed and I'm not. And it's because God's fixing all the mess that we've made because God's a God of grace. And so I don't want you to be discouraged. Hey, maybe you're in a mess today and God is really ready, willing, and able to help you fix that stuff up. And once the house is clean, once we're fixed up, then let's start making wise decisions. And that's what Solomon is talking about here when he says, don't pretty much don't put all your eggs in one basket, all right? Don't just serve people blindly, but when, when you do it, be generous, but be wise as well. God wants us to be wise. Christ calls us to live a life that we take chances in his name. And sometimes, you know what? We need to trust God and not trust only what a man tells us or what a woman tells us, but sometimes God puts something in your heart and you need to step out in faith and do it. And I believe today, there's some of you here today that, that God has a calling on your life. There are things that you know that God can do and will do through you. And he has spoken it already to you. Yet the fear of, am I going to mess up? You know what? You're going to mess up. And it's okay. Why? Because we're human. We're going to make mistakes. Right? We're going to be like, oh, but you know what? You're going to learn from those mistakes. And you're going to get better. But don't let the mistake or the fear of making the mistake to keep you from what God wants to do in your life. A few years ago, um, I was asked to marry a couple that I didn't know, right? And I was, at the time, I was like really strict with like, I'm only going to marry someone after I do like three premarital counselings. They have to be serving in the church. They have to be tithing. There's all this silly list of things. And my wife comes to me and says, hey, you know my friend that I work with? And I'm like, yeah. She tells me her name. And, and I'm like, yeah, I know her. I think I met her at the party that we went to. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, um, her sister wants to know if you can marry her. And I'm like, uh, okay, so tell me a little bit about her. I'm like, does she go to church? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, uh, who's the guy? I don't know. Um, are they Christians? I'm not sure. Maybe. I think so. You know? And, and then I'm like, uh, what do you know? When's the wedding? She goes, I have no idea. I just know that they want you uh, to marry them. And I said, hey, tell your friend that I don't know if I'm going to marry them, but I'd love to meet with them. I'd love to talk to them. I'd love to get to know them. And so, like most things in our lives, Pastor Rico, um, the only time that they could meet with me was at like 6 o'clock on Friday, which was my day off that I'd like to hang out with my family. And so, and then they can't come to my office. And I'm like, all right, just tell them to come to the house at 6 o'clock. And we'll meet with them. And I'm thinking, these people don't know me. I, I said I'm not sure they're going to marry me. They're just going to say, forget about it. This guy, we're just going to hire someone to do it. And, and guess what? They accepted. And the day came, they knock on my door. And they were kind of weirded out. And we're like, hey, you know, this is the first time we met. And, and, and we sat them on our couch where we have sat with many, many couples. And we told them our story. We prayed for them. We talked to them about Jesus. We talked to them about marriage. We talked to them about our mistakes. And at the end, we prayed for them. They received Jesus. We met with them a couple more times. And then I married them against the wishes of other people. But you know what? I took a risk. About a year later, we started Love Unlimited, the church that my wife and I lead. And... The first time that we opened, guess who was one of the first people to get to church that day? That couple. A couple of months ago, I dedicated their baby to Christ. Right? Last Sunday, we had our first service. One of the first people to show up at the church was them. Right? I believe. And you know what? I, I, I praise God for that. And I also sometimes wonder, like, man, what other opportunities have slipped my hand? What other God moments? And here's the thing. I lost the blessing. God's will is always going to be done. But sometimes he wants to use us as the vessel, and then we, we, we say no, and God uses somebody else. His will is done, and we miss that opportunity. See, risk 
is a biblical principle. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells this parable about this businessman who gives talents. He gives money to some people to invest, right? And, and we know there was one that he invested all of it and got the biggest return. And then there was one that what? Was scared. He didn't lose it, the money, but he was scared and he buried it. And what did the investor do? He took it from the one that did nothing with it and gave it to the one that risked, risked it all. So that's why we need to just do it. The second thing we need to do is we need to live in reality. Solomon continues in verse 3. It says, if the clouds are full of rain, they will empty themselves on earth. And whether a tree falls on the south or on the north, the tree is going to fall wherever it falls. He who watches the wind will not sow. He who observes the clouds will not reap. Just as you do not know the path of the wind or how the bones form in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. You know what that means? What will happen has already been determined. All right? If we're worrying for the perfect moment, nothing is going to happen in our life. Those clouds, they're going to release the rain whenever it's time to release the rain. And the tree is going to fall whenever it's going to fall. God knows all things that take place throughout the universe because that's the way that God made it. And nothing in our lives, in our human lives here on earth, will be certain all the time. If a farmer waits for perfect conditions to plant, you know what's going to happen? He's never going to plant. All right? If he's always waiting for the clouds to be clear, he's never going to harvest. Waiting for everything to be just right, it's a pipe dream. All right? If you're a couple and you're dating and you're like, oh, we're going to wait for everything to be perfect, for me to have so much money in the bank, to buy the house, to do all these things, to have my perfect abs, you know what? You're never going to get married, and she's probably going to leave you, all right? <laughs> it's true. And married couples sometimes waiting to have a child. They're waiting to have a baby, want to have a baby, want to have a baby. But we're going to wait because we need to make sure that everything is perfect, and sometimes the time will pass you by too, all right? God's ways can't always be predicted or understood. The wind is unpredictable as is the spirit of God. The forming of a human being in the womb, it's a mystery. I remember seeing the ultrasound of my son Caleb, my first child. We did one of those crazy 3D things and it was like the craziest thing I had ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe that it was real. I remember looking at my wife's stomach, looking at her face, looking at this giant screen and being, this is so freaky until he was born. And then that was the craziest thing I had ever seen that was like straight out of some science fiction uh, alien movie um, <laughs> sometimes some would see a reality and say hey this was a terrible time in my life and because of something that happened in your life that was real to you maybe it was a word that someone said to you abuse pain a loss during COVID how many people have passed away have been sick, are depressed. And now we're in a world, because this isn't something that's impacted Miami-Dade County or Florida or the United States, has impacted the entire world. The world is on edge. And let me tell you something. This group in this room could change the world. Us. Jesus changed the world with 12 men, and one of them betrayed him. And the world was still transformed, and we're standing on the backs of those martyrs today. Because they decided to take a risk. They decided to go out there and preach on the streets, on the same streets that they dragged the body of Jesus through, where his blood was on the ground and on the floor, where they cried, crucify him. And those, men's, those men walked out there and died because they took a risk. Imagine if they wouldn't have taken that risk. But they did it. And so here's what I'm, I'm telling you guys today. You're here in this moment because God wants to use you to change your home, to change where you work, where you go to school, to change your block, to change this county, and to change the world. We have access to the world like never before. In a second, the eyes of the world can be in this very, in this very room. 
and be like, there's something happening in Hialeah, bunch of crazy Hispanic people, but God is moving. How can we catch some of that fire? It is possible, and it will happen if we are willing to take the risk. You see, when there is uncertainty, that fear of the unknown that paralyzes us, that right there is the perfect opportunity for a miracle to happen in your life. When you feel like there is no way that I can live another day, there's no way that I can resolve this thing that I am in today is the perfect opportunity for God to move in your life. So if you're in an impossible situation, you are in the moment where a miracle could happen in your life and change your life and everyone's life around you. You see, if we have it all figured out and we could do all things out of our own might and our own strength, we don't need God. That's a, and that's a reality. But many times we are driven to these extreme moments because of our lack of obedience at times. And it is there where we can have the greatest encounter with God. And so we need to just do it. We need to live in reality. And the last thing is this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever it is that you're going through this morning, I promise you, Jesus died for that thing. And not only did he die, but he resurrected. That means that whatever situation that you're in, it can be resurrected today in Jesus' name. Verse 6 of Ecclesiastes 11 says, Sow your seed in the morning and don't stop working until the evening, for you do not know which activity will succeed, whether it is this one or that one or whether both will equally prosper. We got to work hard. Don't give up or walk away. Every day is an opportunity to make a difference in your life and in the lives of the people around you. And so I don't know about you, but who's willing to take a risk in Jesus' name today? Who's ready to start sowing seed? Let me tell you something. Sowing seed is the most ungrateful thing that you could probably do. At the moment, you're putting something dead into the ground. That's, a, that's like, like, that is the, the talk of the crazies, right? Like, oh, this is broken. This is dead. I'm going to put it into the ground, and I'm going to walk away. And then maybe it's going to rain, and maybe it's not going to rain. But what does the Bible teach us? That whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And so here Solomon is saying, don't stop sowing. Keep putting the seed in the ground. Keep putting the seed in the ground. And at the right time, the fruit will come out. That when he finds us, that he would find us sowing seed and giving away and serving him and loving him and taking steps of faith every single day. Hey, two years ago, about two years ago, I think it was two years ago in October. So right around this time two years ago. I walked in from all the security that I had in my life. I had a steady paying job. I was at the top of an organization. And I walked away because God called me to walk away from that. To go into the unknown, into a part of Miami that I didn't know, Little Havana, downtown, overtown, and start a church. I didn't know if there was going to be one person or two people or three people. I had no idea. And what God has done in the last year and a half has been things that I never thought possible. I have asked God to forgive me because never in my life have I seen God answer prayer as quickly as he's answered prayer. See, right now our church is homeless. We, we don't have a home. Our, most of our equipment is like sequestered in the basement of a school in the middle of the city. And I was fighting with God the other night because I'm, you know, a broken man and and, and then I, I ask God to forgive me, and then I'm like, God, you know, what I really need is just a space to have 200 people. God, you know, and, and you know, we negotiate with God. Have you ever negotiated with God, Pastor Rico? And, and then I, I fell asleep. I didn't say in Jesus' name, amen. I just kind of fell asleep. And then I woke up the next morning, and I asked God to forgive me. God, I'm sorry for being so ungrateful. And I just started thanking God for everything. This is in the middle of COVID. Thanking God that none of us had gotten COVID and that we were still alive and that there was people that were still joining us online and, and, and all these things were going on. And the night before, I asked him for a space to fit 200 people. About an hour after I finished praying that morning, I get a text message from a friend and says, hey, by any chance, could you use 200 chairs? 200 church chairs. And I'm like... Yes. 
right? And then I'm like, oh, I'm sure that in the next hour, then someone's going to call me and say, hey, I have a space for 200 people. But guess what? That call hasn't come yet. But last Sunday, we used the chairs that God gave us. And these chairs are like $70 to $100 a piece. And we have 200 of them, right? So I told God, you better give me a building quick or I'm going to put them on offer up because that's like 20 Gs that we have in a... No, but I believe that the, I believe the building is coming, all right? Hey, and, and we're in family. Pastor Regal told me we're in family. Laziness is not a recipe for success. And if there's one thing that I don't have patience for is laziness. You could be as dumb as a rock, and I, I love dumb, right? But lazy, I don't have patience for that. Um, I have made it my, my commitment to life. That I'm not going to raise lazy adults. I'm not going to raise lazy kids, right? So my kids, I mean, you could walk into my house at any time. And my kids, when their chores are done or, man, they take out the garbage. They help me clean the yard. I bring them to the church office and they work, right? They're little kids. I'm like, see, sí. no, I'm not. I'm not, but I refuse to raise a lazy human. I want to, and, and it's my job. What did the Bible say? Raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's just not the word of God, right? If you let your child do whatever they want, they're going to grow up and be a man child playing video games until they're 60 years old in their underwear, eating Doritos, you know, and babiandose in the house if we allow that. But if we treat our boys and our daughters as men and women of God, let them have fun. My kids have fun. You saw a video. <laughs> but... God doesn't like laziness either. Colossians says this, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as if you were working for the Lord. Whatever you do, you hate your job. You show up there tomorrow and you work with all you have as you were working for the Lord. All right? And then you know what might happen? You hate your job. Your job may turn awesome. They may say, man, you're the best employer. You want to run the place. Right? Crazier things have happened. But a lot of us rather just show up and be like, I hate this place. I don't want to be here. You know, and we do half work. I'll leave it at half work. And, um, and then everyone knows we're Christians because our cubicle is full of like little Jesus stuff and our Facebook is full of Jesus stuff. But they know we ain't working. They know that we're playing on our phone and we're like talking with people with our hair here and with our AirPods here and stuff. Right? But we're ambassadors, ambassadors of Jesus wherever we go. All right, I'm going to leave us with this. Failure provides a lesson, not defeat. There's some of us that are living life right now, and we've allowed a failure of our past to identify who we are. And I want you to know that you are not a failure. You are a daughter of Christ. You are a son of God, and he loves you, and that is your identity. But you know what happens? You have to take on that identity. You have to accept that identity. We were created in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. However, we're allowing our past, our mistakes, our failures, our failed marriages, whatever it is, what our parents told us, what a teacher told us, what an ex did to us. We're allowing that to identify, oh, but I'm like this because of what happened to me. No, you're a child and a daughter of God and do not allow your past to identify your present or your future. You know what? You can't change your past. But you know what you can do? You can set yourself up in Jesus' name to have an incredible future and it is a promise of God that you will have it today. We should never have to face the question, I wonder what would happen if I would have tried harder. We should never have to face that. We should live life, you know what? I am emptying myself in every opportunity that God gives me. And so I want to pray for you guys today. But before I do that, I'm going to talk to you about some of the people in the Bible that did incredible things that we've heard messages on. See, without a risk, Moses would have never gone back to Egypt. Think about that. He was a criminal that was going to be killed, executed if he would have returned. But he went back. Elijah would have never faced the prophets of Baal. Esther would have never appealed to the king for the lives of her people. Daniel would have never prayed three times a day. David would have never stood before Goliath. Peter would have never stepped out of that boat. 
And so what is keeping you from stepping into that place that God wants you to be? It's one thing, and it's fear. Fear, it's what's keeping us from the promises of God. Psalm 34 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me of all of my fear. Fear sabotages our success. Fear will sabotage what God has for you today. And here's the thing. We're talking about the children of Israel. We all have seen the movie, at least I'm dating myself, but has everyone seen the Moses movie where Charleston Heston like divides the Red Sea and everybody walks through? That's pretty impressive, right? But did you know there was another time that the children of Israel actually crossed the body of water? Right? There was something different. Because sometimes we want God to act the same way that he's acted before. Or do for me what you did for her or what you did for him. God, this is what I saw that you did in someone else's life. And, and so the children of Israel, they're, they're standing in, in front of the Jordan. And they need to get to the other side because they're on a mission. They, they're on their way to the promised land. And they kind of treat God like the clapper, you know, or like Siri, Siri. Divide the water. We got, we got to go to the other side. And God said, I, I'm going to take you to the other side. But this time, you need to take a risk. This time, I want you to step into the water. And I could just imagine. I mean, just think about what we would have done. But pastor, but last time, you just went like this and the water opened and we walked through. Why do we got to get wet this time? You know? Why did you change the time of the service? Like, why can't we just do things the way we've always done it, right? And so, so here are the children of Israel, and, and they're wet, and they're, they're, they're up to their ankles, and nothing happened. Think about all the complainers in our life. And they keep walking, and now they're up to their knees, and you know what? Nothing happened. The water was still there. They're up to their waist in water. And they're probably thinking, we must look as stupid as like anyone could ever look, right? Saying that God is going to divide the water. Where is our God? I could just imagine all the complainers looking at their leaders and saying, you've brought us to our doom. We're going to drown up to their shoulders. And then the Bible says that the water started to recede. I'm going to invite you to stand up today. And I don't know where you are in the water. If you're standing on the banks, if you've stepped in, if you're up to your head in water right now and you said, I've trusted God. I've done everything that God has asked me to do and I don't see him. I don't hear him. I don't feel him. I don't even know why I'm here today. I want you to know that God wants to use you. And you have gifts that the world needs to see and feel and be introduced to. And God has only blessed you with that today. And he wants to bless the world with those talents that he gave you. But the only way that those talents will come out, the only way that that water will recede is if you trust him and you take a risk today and say, God, everything that I am, the good the bad, the hurts, the pain, the way that I've been hurt in the past. God, I surrender all of that to you. And if you can use me, God, use me. Use me, Lord. I believe that you can do it. We said that fear is what robs us of our future. Check out what the Bible says. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You have the truth, and the truth, his name is Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 18, that love contains no fear. Indeed, fully developed love expels every particle of fear, for fear always contains some torture of feeling guilty. And the last thing we need to combat fear is faith. Above all, be sure to take faith as your shield, for it can quench every burning missile the enemy hurls at you. You have Jesus, you have faith, you have love. So I'm going to pray, and if you're here today and you are ready to take a risk, for some of you the risk is getting out of your seats 
wearing a mask and getting close to me right here. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe and I'm going to declare that God is going to use you to change this world. And yeah, it's kind of weird in front of our friends to kind of just take a step of faith. But that's what God is asking of us today. And maybe it's just one person. Maybe the only reason I'm here today is because one person needed to break free from the fear in their life and take a risk in Jesus' name so that God can start to change your home. So that God can start to change the environment that you are in today. And so if that's you, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads. If that's you today, I'm going to invite you to come up here and I want to pray for you. And I want to declare that God is going to do incredible things in your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Is there anybody else that's ready today to say, hey, Pastor Regal, you're my shepherd. You're my pastor. And whatever God asks you to do, I'm right beside you. I will wander the desert with you. If I, gotta, I will walk through rivers. I will sleep under the stars. I will walk the streets of Miami and declare the name of Jesus wherever I go. The vision that God has given you, I am ready to support it. I'm ready to hold your arms up. There's some of you, we've been talking about ministry. There's some of you in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a global financial crisis. God's calling you to start a business. God is calling you to take risks, maybe leave that terrible job that you have. You've been praying for God to bless you with a new job. And you've been praying for a long time. But God can't bless you with a new job if you're still in the old job. Oh, but I don't want to leave my job because if I leave my job, then I don't have a job. That's a risk. That you, are you willing to take that risk? You see, you can't, you can't accept the gift if you're still holding on to some damaged goods. So some of us today, I think it's a financial. And that's, that's, some of you are thinking that this pastor is like too risky. It's, I'm not. But my God is a God who will always be with me. We love to sing the songs. We love to declare the verses. My God will never forsake me. The gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We love saying those things, but it's hard to live like that. And so if that's you saying, you know what, God, I, I know I've been praying for a new job. There's some people, and maybe this isn't for you. This is what you're going to share with someone. Some people, God, I need a man of God. I need a woman of God. Can you bring one, but you're still holding on to that pagan guy or, or that crazy woman that isn't a, a woman of God? And how is God going to bless you with a man of God if you're still dabbling with that punk texting and, and all, you know, DMing with him? Oh, but I just feel good when I text him. You know what? You want God to give you a son of God. Someone who's going to love you and respect you, then break ties with all those knuckleheads. That's a risk. Because you may feel lonely for a while as God purifies you and heals you and prepares you to be a gift. You want a gift, God wants to make you a gift. So, Lord, I come before you in the name of Jesus and I thank you for this amazing group of people that have stepped out in front of their peers and have said, I am ready to do whatever it is. Whatever it takes, God. God, I am ready to walk as far as I need to walk. I'm ready to say whatever I need to say. Father, give me the tools that I don't have. God, use me for your glory. Tell him that right now. God, use me for your glory. Thank you, God. I pray that you would do a work right now in the lives of my brothers and my sisters here today that Miami will never be the same. Lord, I pray for my brother Rigo and I thank you for his heart and his passion and his faithfulness and his endurance, Lord. And I thank you for the promises that you have upon his life and the way that he is changing lives every day. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to feel you, to see you, to hear you, God, and that we would not let go. Lord, as we leave here today, Father, that we would have a passion for you. That we would not live lives filled with fear, but filled with your fire. In Jesus' name we pray, and we give you thanks. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen. Amen. I believe we, we heard from the Lord today. Amen. Amen. You are worth the risk.
take that challenge and that you begin taking that step. It's crazy. I was getting ready this morning and, and I had I just turned on the TV and um, Pastor David Jeremiah was on. And he closed off his prayer with one phrase. And he says, you'll never go forward. You're never, you'll never go forward if you don't begin to take risks today. And then he said, amen. And, um, and today the message was, you're worth the risk. And I, I pray that that really, I believe God is speaking that today. I believe God is speaking it to me. It started at my house when I was getting ready. So a lot of this message was personal to me for many, many things. Amen. And I'm ready to take more risks for the kingdom of God. I'm ready to take more risks. Some of you personally know with my conversations with you that I'm ready to take more risks. Some of it sounds crazy when you start talking to me. But I'm willing and ready. I hope you guys could do that too. Amen. Lord, we thank you and we love you. Thank you for Pastor Mark, for his wife, for his family, for Love Unlimited. Thank you for their ministry. Thank you for the word that he spoke into, into our family today, Lord. And we don't take it lightly, Lord. We, we honor the messages that come up on this podium that are spoken up here. And we honor the man of God that was up here, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, that we would bring application, put it to application, Lord, and that they would bear much fruit. And Lord, we just continue to pray a hedge over Mark, over his ministry, over all he does, that he would continue to prosper for the kingdom of God. Lord, we come in agreement with him that his location, his location is in your hand. And we pray right now for the location of Love Unlimited, that Lord God, you would give it to them, that you would release it to them, Lord God, and that they would continue to faithfully serve you and win more souls for your kingdom in that location. You're preparing that location. So you're taking your time. You're, you're doing what you need to do to give them that location. And we thank you for that. And we come in agreement that that location is theirs. You know it in detail already. Lord, we love you today. We thank you. Let us leave here encouraged, full, and ready to take risks. We praise you, O King. Worthy. In Jesus' name. And together we say, amen. Come on, give God some praise. Amen.